Welcome to Cloud Sea Fiction. This is episode one. My name is Sam Milner. So about me, I'm a Western North Carolina fiction writer experimenting reading my stories as my form of publishing them. Kind of like the local Appalachian storytellers that inspired me as a child. This first episode is a rereading of a performance I gave with an amazing group called Get Lit Boone. This is for my friends who couldn't attend the show. The piece is called Rocking Chairs, and it's a fictional memoir about a gentleman coming to terms with rocking chairs and learning a little bit about the South on the way. I didn't get rocking chairs as a kid, and frankly, I don't think I'd ever really sat in one. To me, it was the quintessential time-wasting device of the South. That was another thing that drove a wedge between me and the rocking chair. That little word, that simple direction describing a complex location. The South was not something I aligned myself with. As an inner city stoop kid, rocking chairs were things you found at a Cracker Barrel or an extended care home. And the South was the bad guy in my social studies class. So to say I hadn't sat in nor had any desire to sit in a rocking chair in my 24 years was a fair assumption. I'd always imagined myself as a city person who'd never be caught living in a rural town. Then I graduated. My longtime girlfriend cheated on me, and my best friend James found a career position not in Charlotte. Damn, if the city didn't grow cold overnight... Now, I was looking for anywhere else. Luckily, James needed a roommate in the little town he was moving to, and that seemed like my best option for escape. The town was just two hours away, far enough to be out of the city's sphere of influence, but still be within reach of my only family. We drove up into the clouds, and there wasn't much to be seen while we moved in. It was a few days before the fog cleared, and it revealed a private porch, something I'd never had as a kid. The porches I grew up with were shared motel-style walkways in between the apartments that you weren't allowed to have anything on or the rental company would come find you. So I was excited to have a personal outside space. Then, immediately not excited by the fact that the only two pieces of furniture that were given, besides the appliances, were a couple of crummy-looking rocking chairs that looked like they'd never been used, but nonetheless abused by the weather. I initially refused to acknowledge their existence. I went looking for a job immediately after moving in and found that just down the street there was an extended care facility. I was hired for a janitorial position despite my reservations, but the pay was well worth it. Now, not to my surprise, the facility had so damn many rocking chairs you'd probably thought it was a rocking chair shop if not for the fact that all of the chairs were in constant use. Over the following months, I paid a great deal of attention to the people who sat in those rocking chairs all day. And with most of them, I wouldn't call what they were doing rocking. I'd, they were swaying back and forth ever so slightly, and I began to get suspicious that maybe the wind was doing all the work. 
I joked about it with some of the ladies, and they would laughingly confirm my suspicions, then lend me their own thoughts as to how to properly rock in a rocking chair. Then there was Janice, that bit of a reputation. She caught wind of my interest and volunteered her own opinion about rocking over my humorous inferences. She said it was her talking that did all the rocking, and with averted gazes and grins, the whole room silently agreed. Now, the first two people who actually made me curious of sitting in a rocking chair were a couple of old coots that sat in rocking chairs for about eight hours a day, looking like they tried to smoke as many cigarettes as they could in those eight hours, almost as if it were a challenge. Richard and Alan had to sit in a different location from the other residents, out by the front door. Those were the only chairs you could smoke at. Pretty early in my janitorial career, I was called up front to help unload the bi-weekly oxygen tank delivery. I walked through the front doors to be met by a cacophony of sound coming from the two old birds perched in their respective rocking chairs. They were cooing about things they had no control over, solidly rocking back and forth with their laughs, their feet never leaving the ground, yet their heels never quite touching the ground, neither. Just rocking back and forth on the balls of their feet. I'd ask them about it later, and they definitely had a bit of a science behind how they rocked. As I unloaded the first of the first crate of twelve screening skinny green and silver torpedoes, Alan took a long drag and blankly stared at me until I said something. My my acknowledgement of him made him jolt out of the stare like a trance. And as he came to, smoke began pouring out of his face, along with a wheezing statement. <laughs> you, you mind leaving one of them tanks out here? <coughs> I'm going I'm to need it here in a minute. The two of them erupted into what I could only assume was laughter, but it resembled more of a coughing fit. Later that night, I went home and sat in one of the rocking chairs on my porch for the first time, curious as to what drives two to do nothing but sit in rocking chairs all day. Not long after that, I met Graham. He was something like 40 Looked something like 50 and acted a horrifying mix of 21-year-old alcoholic and 80-year-old. He was a career line cook at a mediocre restaurant in town, and I saw him for the first time on my way to get a late lunch with James and some local friends at a pretty standard sports bar. Upon walking in, there was a waitress sweeping up a spilled basket of tater tots, she inevitably missed one and continued on her way, leaving a lone tater tot on the floor and in Graham's path to the door. It was three in the afternoon, and Graham was struggling to find said door. Instead, he found the lone floor tot and proceeded to announce his discovery to the ten or more people sporadically placed around the relatively large bar, all of whom avoided eye contact. It would be another couple of months before I would meet Graham in a sober state of being. Nonetheless, I began to hang out with him as he was the roommate of some of James's new friends. 
First time I saw Graham in a rocking chair was on my own porch, before I met him sober. And it was an entertaining sight, because he rocked with a purpose. And he'd tell you that, too. None of this sitting in a rocking chair, he'd say. His rock was impressive, using the full curve of the rocking foot. From end to end, he looked elegant, yet entirely childish. But he had a method to his madness, explaining it in far, far too much detail. And it started something like, give yourself a good pushback. Now, I tried to do this, and my body thought it was falling backwards out of the chair, and my legs and arms involuntarily shot out straight in front of me to catch my fall, only to gently rock back forward. It took some getting used to, convincing the subconscious of my body that it wasn't falling backwards out of the chair. Pretty hard. Graham continued to explain that the rocking was all in the core muscles. As you rock forward, you flex and lift your legs just ever so slightly so you can make it to the front of the rocker foot, then relax and push off. Get yourself all the way to the back of the rocker foot. After a bit of practice, I had it down, but I wouldn't say it did anything for me in the rocking chair. In fact, doing this was way more uncomfortable than just sitting in the damn chair. And in that moment, I discovered that there wasn't a right way to sit in a rocking chair. But damn, there were a lot of particular ways to sit in a rocking chair. And that was one of those defining things of the South. There was no one South. But man, there are a lot of particular pieces of the South. Thank y'all. That was episode one, Rocking Chair. This is Cloud Sea Fiction. And I'm Sam Milner, signing off.